Wednesday, March the 9th. No letters from the sex god. And I haven't heard anything from Dave the Laugh either. Still, what do I care? I'm full of glissiosity for him. I wonder if he will go to the party on Saturday, not that I'm interested. As I will be at home embroidering toilet roll holders or whatever very sad spinsters do. Bathroom, 7.30am. Oh, fabulous. I have a lurking lurker on my cheek. The painters are due in this week, and that is probably why I'm feeling so moody. That and the fact that my life is utterly crap. Still, a really heavy period should cheer me up. Maybe if I disguise the lurker with some eye pencil, it will look like a beauty spot. Breakfast. Mutti said, Georgia, why don't you just hang a sign on your head that says, Have you noticed I've got a spot, everybody? I tried to think of something clever to say to her, but I'm too tired. 8.20am. I was dragging myself out of the door to another day of unnatural torture, school, when the postman arrived. It takes him about a year to get up our driveway because he tries to dodge Angus. Angus loves him. He is his little postie pal. The postie, who is not what you would call blessed in the looks department, was furtively looking around and shuffling about. I said helpfully, Angus is off on his morning constitutional, so I'm afraid you can't play with him. The postie said, I know what I would like to do with him, and it involves a sack and a river. Here you are. And he shoved a letter at me. Not ideal behaviour from a servant of the people, I don't think. Then I noticed it was an aerogram-type letter. For me. From Kiwi Land. From the sex god. Oh, joy, 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 see joy, joy, and also thrice joy. I looked at the writing. So sex goddy. And it said, Georgia Nicholson on it. That was me. And on the back it said, From Robbie Jennings. RD4. Pukaka Lane. Honestly. Fokatani. New Zealand. That was him. The sex god. I started skipping down the street until, unfortunately, I saw Mark Big Gob and his lardy mates. He doesn't even bother to look at my face. He just talks to my nungas. Mark was leery like a leering thing and said, Careful, Georgia. You don't want to knock yourself out with your jugs. And they all laughed. Thank goodness I'd worn my special sports nunga holder, or my over-the-shoulder boulder holder, as Rosie calls it. At least my bazoomers were nicely encased. Anyway, ha-ha-ha-dee-ha-ha-ha, to Mark Big Gob. Nothing could upset me today because I was filled with the joyosity of young love. I did stop skipping, though, and walked off with a dignity-at-all-times sort of walk. But Mark still hadn't had his day. He shouted after me, I'll carry them to school for you if you like. He is disgusting and a midget lover. I don't know how I could have ever snogged him. 8.35am. Jazz was stamping around outside her house going, Oh, brr, it's so nippy noodles, brr. She had a sort of furry bonnet over her beret. I said, you look like a crap teddy bear. She just went on shivering and said, Do you think we'll get let off hockey because of Antarctic conditions? <laughs> yes, you live, as I've always said, in the land of the terminally deluded and criminally insane. Nothing gets us off hockey. We are at the mercy of a stormtrooper and part-time lesbian. Miss Stamp loves Antarctic conditions. You can see her moustache bristling with delight when it snows. 
If Jazz has to wear a furry bonnet in cold weather, I don't think much of her chances of survival on her survival-type course. Still, that is life. Or in her case, death. She was still going, but I didn't let it spoil my peachy mood. Jazz, guess what? Something très, très magnifique has happened at last. Shut up, booing Jazz. I got out my aerogram. Look, it's from SG. What does it say? I don't know. Why not? Because I haven't opened it yet. I'm savouring it. It's not a pie. I know that, Jazz. Please don't annoy me. I don't want to have to beat you within an inch of your life so early in the day. I tucked the aerogram down the front of my shirt for safe keepies as we trudged up the hill to Stalag 14, but I had a song in my heart. Jazz, I have a song in my heart, and do you know what it is? But she just ran off into the cloakroom to sit on the knicker toaster for a few minutes to thaw out. Still, I did have a song in my heart called I Have a Letter from a Sex God in My Over-the-Shoulder Boulder Holder. Assembly Slim told us exciting news this morning. Elvis Atwood, the most bonkers man in Christendom and part-time caretaker, is retiring. We started cheering, but had to change our cheering into a sort of for he's a jolly good fellow thing because Hawkeye was giving us her ferret eye. Slim was rambling on in her jelloid way, chin shaking like Billio. So, as a special thank you for all the magnificent work Mr Atwood has put in over the years, we will be having a going-away party for him. We will have music and so on, and perhaps Mr Atwood will show us how to get with it, as you girls say. She laughed like a ninny. Get with it? What in the name of her enormous undergarments is she raving on about? The last time Elvis did any dancing, he had to be taken to the casualty department. So, every cloud has a silver lining. I said to the ace gang as we trailed out of assembly to RE, What started out as a Scheissenhausen day has turned out to be a groovy gravy day. I'm looking forward to RE, because while everyone has their little snooze, I can read my letter from the beloved. RE we all snuggled down at the back. Roro was knitting something for the teenage werewolf party. I think it might be a full-length beard. Jules was doing her cuticles and Jazz was reading her wilderness manual. She loves it because it has lots of photos of girly swats building incomprehensible things out of twigs. Anyway, time to read my letter. Miss Wilson was beginning to ramble on about world peace and asking us for our views. I didn't want to have to answer anything. I just wanted her to soothingly write stuff on the board or rave on. So I put my hand up. That startled her. I said, Miss Wilson, I've been very troubled in my mind. That started Rosie off in uncontrollable sniggering. Miss Wilson looked at me through her hourly glasses. She's the most strangely put together person I've ever come across. Where does she get her clothes from? Did you know that you could get dresses made out of red felt with matching booties for grown-ups? She has clearly been to the circus shop that Slim buys her wrinkly elephant tights from. Anyway, Miss Wilson was very, very interested in my troubled mind. Is it something of a theological nature, Georgia? Yes, indeedy, Miss Wilson. This is what is troubling me. If God is, you know, impotent, Miss Wilson went sensationally red, so now her head matched her booties. Well, um, Georgia, I impotent means not being able to have any children. I, 
I, I rather think you mean omnipotent. Whatever. Well, if he is, does that mean that he is with you even when you were in the lavatory? Miss Wilson started rambling on about God not really being a bloke like other geezers, but more of a spiritual what's-it. <laughs> she has a very soothing manner. Jules had finished her cuticles and was having a little ziz on her pencil case. I opened my letter with trembly hands. I wondered how long it would take for me to fly to Kiwi Ogogo land. Dear Georgia, Sorry it's taken me so long to write to you, but it's been full on since I got here. The countryside around here is fantastic. It's all formed from volcanic activity. There are volcanoes near here that are still live, and there is a lot of geothermal activity. Yesterday, when we were eating our lunch outside, the table was heaving and lurching about. That's because the molten steam trapped beneath the Earth's crust makes the ground move and shake around. It was amazing. The sheep were going backwards and forwards, and the trees were going up and down. There are bore fields around the whole area where they tap the steam and make electricity out of it. The lads took me to see a rogue boar called Old Faithful that explodes every 15 minutes. Rogue boar? You could have stayed here and just sat still in our school for a few minutes. It's full of rogue boars. Sadly, they do not explode. And that is all the letter was about. Just loads and loads of stuff about vegetables and sheep and lurching tables. Not one thing about missing me. I couldn't believe it. At the end it said, Well, I must go. Some of the guys are going down to the river. It has natural hot springs that run through it. We go down there at night and lie in it playing our guitars. He was going down to a river and he was going to lie in it. That was the big night spot. I wrote a note to Jazz. Jazz, SG just talked about opossums and rogue boars in a river and then at the end he said, I hope you're well and happy. You're a great girl. Good day. Robbie, with a little X. One measly kiss. 11am. After Ari, I was in a state of shock. I could hardly eat my cheesy snacks. We sat on the knicker toaster in the blodge lab and the ace gang had a look at the letter. Jazz said, Well, he said you were a great girl. I just looked at her. And it's really interesting about the molten steam and the geothermal stuff. I just looked at her again. Rosie said, Forget him, he's obsessed with marsupials. When he comes back, he'll be playing a didgeridoo and be like Rolf Harris. Move on. 4.15pm. Walking home with Jazz. I said to her, I cannot believe my life. I've kept reading SG's letter over and over, but it still rambles on about steam and vegetables. Jazz looked thoughtful. Crikey. And then she said something almost bordering on the very nearly not mad. She said, Maybe it is in code. In code? Yeah. So that, um, the customs people, or, or say it fell into the wrong hands, like your mum and dad, well, so that they couldn't tell what he'd really written. I gave her a hug. Jazz I'm sorry that I ever doubted your sanity. You are a genius of the first water. In my room, 4.45pm. Hmm, so, let's see. 5.30pm. If I underline every fourth word, that might work. 6pm. I think I've got it! Phone Jazz. Jazz, I think I've got it! Go on then. OK, it's sort of in shorthand even when it's decoded, but anyway... This is what it says. 
Dear Georgia, me, you fantastic. When we were heaving and lurching about, it was amazing. Me explodes every 15 minutes. At night, me in it playing you. You're great. Love, Robbie. There was a silence. Then Jazz said, Did you say, me explodes every 15 minutes? Yeah, keen, isn't he? In bed, 7pm. It wasn't in code. It was just a really, really crap letter. Nothing can be worse than how I feel now. 7.30pm. Wrong. I cannot believe my farty. He has sold our normal-ish car and bought a Robin Reliant. You know, one of those really, really sad cars that only the very mad buy. It's got three wheels. It is a three-wheeled car. I shouted down to Farty, Why? He was all preened up and daddish. He shouted back up, It's an antique. I tried logic with him. Farty, sometimes antiques are interesting. The crown jewels, for instance, they interest me. But this is just a really old crap car that only has three wheels. He was polishing it. It's red and it has a racing strip. Farty said, hop in and I'll take you for a spin. As if. Dad started rustling around in the boot and shouted to Mum, Connie, come on, I'll take you and Libby for a ride in the sexmobile. He is so ludicrously pleased with himself. And Mutty was as bad, all dilly-dolly-ish, and also she had a tiny skirt on. At least she had on a skirt, though, unlike Libby, who was in the noddy pants. 8pm. In the end, they all went off, including Angus, who I actually thought was driving the car at first. He had his paws on the steering wheel and was looking straight ahead. Even though I am on the rack of love, it did make me laugh. Then Farty's head popped up. Not content with a humiliatorosity of the Robin Reliant clown car, Farty also bought a Second World War flying helmet and goggles. As they drove off, he wound down the window and shouted, Chocks away! What does Mutty see in him? He must have been like this when she met him, which means in essence that she likes porky blokes with badges on their chins who are clearly mental. At this rate, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with them, so I should get used to it, I suppose. 8.05pm. I can't. I would rather plunge my head into a basket of whelks. 8.10pm. What is it with boys? <sighs> I may do some research on them for my part in Mac Useless or the Ock-Eye play. I may as well, as my so-called mates can't be bothered to ring me. 8.30pm. Phone rang. If it's Dave the Laugh, I'm going to give him the full force of my glaciosity. I hate boys. It was Rosie. Gee? Oh, hi. I'm glad you rang because I am so... Did you hear about the dog who went into a pub and said to the barman, Can I have a pint and a bag of crisps, please? Rosie, I don't... The barman said, Blimey, that's brilliant. There's a circus in town. You should go and get a job. Rosie, I, I have... And the dog said, Why? Do they need electricians? And she slammed down the phone. I am seriously worried about her dwindling sanity. I'd just got back upstairs to my bed of pain when the phone rang again. Why can't we have a portable Fandango thing? Or, alternatively, a servant called Juan who answers it. Is it so much to ask? This time it was Ellen. Georgia, it's me. I was, you know, for the party. Well, do you think... 
do you, well, if you were me, would you, or would you just kind of, you know, or not? What in the name of Hitler's pants and matching bra set is she on about? Ellen, how can I put this? What in the name of arse are you talking about? Say the laugh. Should I, you know, well, would you? Oh, marvellous. I have to be wise woman of the forest for my mates. Also, it reminded me that if Ellen found out about the Dave the Laugh snogging scenarios, there might well be fisticuffs at dawn. Still, I am not God, and also, I am very, very busy with my own problems. My lurking lurker has to be dealt with before it makes a surprise appearance. Not that I will ever be going out again anyway. My lurker could grow to the size of my head if it wanted to. Now I feel sick. Ellen was rambling on and on about Dave the Laugh and how to entice him and so on. In the end, in sheer desperados, I said, Look, do you know why Dave the Laugh is called, you know, Dave the Laugh? Ellen said, Er, no, why is that? I am being pushed to the limits of my nicosity. But I tried. God knows I tried. He's called that because he likes a laugh. And well, to be frank, Ellen, you are a bit lacking vis-a-vis the laughometer scale. 9pm I wish when I'm speaking complete and utter bollocks, people would not take me seriously. It's not my fault that I have advised Ellen to develop an infectious laugh, is it? Oh, I'm so tired. 9.30pm By the time the circus family came home, I was tucked up in my bed with the lights off. Not that it makes any difference whatsoever. Sure enough, it was tramp, tramp up the stairs, open door, blinding light as Mutty switched it on. Swiss family mad came and sat on my bed. Angus now had the goggles on and a scarf round his neck. Mutty said, oh, it was really good fun, Georgie. Libby got in bed with me and started prodding my lurker, going, spotty botty boy. Then Farty came in, into my bedroom. He was looking at me and I was only wearing my pyjamas. I said, did anyone notice that my light was off and that I was asleep? Did anyone get that? But they just went on chattering and giggling and Farty was playing tickly bears with Libby and Mutty. Please save me.